your man, Andy York. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and joining us each and every week. We really appreciate it. And we have a very special guest with us. We have the old crew back together once again because Loki brought... It's like the Avengers. Loki brought us back together to fight him, to come back together once again. So thank you, Tom Hiddleston and Loki. Yeah, there's, there's there's no other way to do this. Um, I think we can officially call Jason our Marvel analyst on the Shandy Show. I think that's the best way to put it. Anytime that there's anything crazy in the MCU, we're gonna we're gonna have Jason on to cover it and talk about it. And, or Smash, he's our Smash analyst and our and our MCU Marvel analyst. So that, that's it's a big that's a big deal. It's an honor. <laughs> Well, we are so glad that you are here joining us once again. Like I said, um, we're going to be talking about all things Loki, um, as well as the What If uh, trailer that dropped a couple weeks ago. We're going to talk about Black Widow. We may talk about a couple other things that we haven't had a chance to discuss with each other yet. So we might talk about that on the podcast as well, because Phase 4 of the MCU has been fun, and then all of a sudden it got crazy and weird out of nowhere um this past week really this whole loki series which we'll jump in and dive in and talk about all that here in a little bit but as always we like to start off our podcast by talking about what we are into this week and i'm going to make jason go first because i can do that um jason what are you into this week yeah so um let's see so what i'm into this week is kind of like not a piece of media or anything it's actually something that enables me to do a lot of things, which is that I got a new computer. Um, So in the entire time that we have been podcasting together, I've just had my laptop, um, which is, you know, worked perfectly fine, but it's just a laptop. Um, And so now my wife and I have our desktop um, in our apartment, which is super cool because now I can do something like stream. Um, It's got the power to do that. Um, or we can take games, we can mod them. Uh, like we both love like modding Skyrim, modding Fallout, different things like that. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, and I'm in like way over my head cause I'm really like not a computer guy. Um, <laughs> but we, we've been really enjoying it. So that's what I'm into. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, it's always nice to have a fun new toy to play with <laughs> like a yes. computer or an iPad or something that that's always a lot of fun. Definitely. Um, well, what I'm into this week actually is uh, I am actually a part of another podcast that is a wrestling podcast. I officially joined the team. Um, actually, yesterday was our very first episode. We we uh, went live to our our episode went live today on uh, Sportinarium, which is a, a radio live streaming system over in the UK. So that was a lot of that was really cool that we awesome. went live there. Um, so you can definitely go check us out there. It's it's kind of like uh, another channel that I'm a part of. I, I've been behind the scenes for it for a long time and finally going full time with it with uh, the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast. So go check them out for sure. Um, if you're into pro wrestling, WWE, AEW, anything like that, go check them out because um, it's a lot of fun. We always have fun. Uh, we're, we drop an episode every Monday and Thursday. I'm normally on the Thursday episodes, but um, definitely go give them a listen and, and talk to them about it because it's, it's a lot of fun. So between work and running to a podcast and moving into a new house and getting married, life's been very busy the last couple of weeks. Sounds like it, <laughs> yeah. Been, but it's been fun. It's it, I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's a lot of fun getting to do yeah. stuff that you love to do. You know, you can't really you can't really beat that. So it's very nice. Well, um, last week we covered me and my wife. We got to cover the Black Widow movie that came out last week. Unfortunately, Jason was not able to be with us. So what were your thoughts on the movie as a whole? Yes, this is all of this is spoiler territory. Loki's going to be spoiler. 
filled. We're not going to do spoiler for anything like that because if you haven't seen it by now, that's your fault. Um, and also, if you haven't seen Black Widow by now, it's your fault too. It's been out for a week and it's done really well at the box oh, office for the first Marvel, I guess, post pandemic movie since we're all allowed to go to movie theaters now. Um, right. I, I, it's done very well. But what, what were your thoughts on the movie? I was going to ask actually, how well has it done? Um, it's it is the highest grossing movie during the pandemic era i think the other highest one was fast nine and it made 7.9 on on opening night and black widow made 13.2 million um so it's done very well and i i think part of it is because it's the marvel return and so it's going to be it's going to be crazy big but I'll, i'll look and see i think it's like the sixth highest premiere of the MCU movie, like sixth highest premiere for an MCU movie, um, other than Infinity War and Endgame, because those two don't count because they're their own separate area. But with yeah. all the other regular and for the solo films, it's like one of the highest so far. I think no matter what they do, what they did coming back into this, like coming back out of the pandemic, it was going to like kill explode. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think if it would have. Honestly, if it would have been any of the other movies this year, it probably would have done higher. Yeah. Um, just because people are already familiar with Black Widow. Yeah. Um, uh, it's actually, Earthquake. globally, it just crossed 200 million. So it's doing pretty well. Good. Um, so it's, it's doing very, very well. It's actually supposed to, it's projected right now to do better than Space Jam uh, 2 is. So that's that's actually pretty, pretty cool that it's like that. Um, wow. So what were your thoughts on the movie? Did you enjoy it? Um, did you have critiques about it? Because we had some, uh, specifically with Taskmaster, what were your, what were your thoughts on all of it? Yeah. So unfortunately I did not actually get to watch your guys' full review yet. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> because, uh, we just saw Black Widow over the weekend and then work. Work. Yep. Um, but I do want to go back and watch it. I say that to say that I have no context for what your opinion is. So That's I'm just going to launch into That's fine. Uh, mine. <laughs> so... Yeah, honestly, I kind of thought it was a mess, um, unfortunately. So there were things that I definitely really liked about it. I think the fight scenes um, were some of my favorite parts. Um, And then the Red Guardian character and like the way that he was played was probably (laughs) my favorite character in the movie um, because he was super funny. And I he he was, you know, moderately believable, too, I think, for like the place in life that he was in um, and sort of like the role that he was asked to play and how he's just kind of like coming out of that illusion um, I thought was really funny, uh, but also, you know, really heartbreaking as well. Um, I, I, I was very invested in that character. I thought he was super cool. Yeah. Um, apart from that, I think the pace um, and kind of the plot was a little bit like directionless. Um, and I think that I haven't really said any of this out loud yet, so I'm kind of trying to put it together. <laughs> um, and I'm glad we have a special guest now to come in. Yeah, my dog just uh, <laughs> come and save me here. Um, so I, I don't think that they thought through what a movie for Black Widow was going to look like very hard um, before they just kind of started filming it. Yeah. Um, and that's evident in the fact that this script was actually completed in just 11 days um i did not know that yeah something that i saw in a report afterwards and i'm like oh well that makes a lot of sense (laughs) um (laughs) you know it's just kind of like oh duh because the movie feels that way it feels like they did not think about it as hard as they could have and 
her relationships in certain places were like really rocky mm-hmm. um, and things just did not like flow the way that we've come to expect them to uh, with a Marvel film at this point, because Marvel, something that they're really good at um, with, especially their biggest movies is everything lines up. Everything makes sense. Um, everything happens for a reason for the most part. And there aren't a lot of, you know, uh, what do I say? There aren't a lot of like character connections that don't make sense. The timeline always matches up with certain yeah. things and it's, uh, it's compelling too. And I think that kind of the compelling level of black widow beyond the fact that it's, Oh, it's finally a movie about black widow just wasn't there. Yeah. Um, so I didn't, I didn't really get a whole lot of like drama, um, or anything out of it particularly, except for, I will say that it was like kind of darker, um, compared to a lot of other Marvel movies. Like there were some like seriously like heavy, yeah. uh, implications there. Yeah. Um, I, to wow. me, to me, I think I've, I fully agree. I think the, the tone of this movie was all over the place. Um, I think it was for a while, it felt like a winter soldier movie. And then all of a sudden you realize that you're back in the MCU at times. And it kind of, it definitely jumped all over the place. Um, I agree. I think David Harbour and Florence Pugh were the best parts of this movie. Um, I am very excited to see Yelena in the future of the MCU. I think she's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I agree. This movie was all over the place. I think to me, the biggest disappointment for Black Widow was the use of Taskmaster. Um, right. I don't even like the the reveal that it was Dracoff's daughter. I thought that was interesting. I thought that was cool. I, I was mm-hmm. fine with that. It was just the character was not used at all. Um, and yeah. I, I wouldn't even consider I wouldn't even consider Taskmaster the villain. I think Dracoff was more the villain than than Taskmaster was. So that was a little disappointing um, for me as well. What did you, What did you think of Taskmaster's role in the movie? No, I, I really agree, and it's really tragic because the way that they set Taskmaster up in the trailers leading up and everything, I was yeah. like, this looks awesome. Like, yeah. they uh, kind of like mashup Avenger. She's got Black Panther's claws, and, you know, we didn't know who it was at that point, but they've got right. Black Panther's claws, they've got Hawkeye's bow and arrow, they've got a Captain America shield. Um, and it's just like, what a what a cool idea, kind of. They, they do a really good job at integrating... Mm-hmm. Um, comic book characters into the fold of the MCU and making yeah. them make sense inside of the framework that they already have. Right. Um, so I was like, that's a really cool concept for how to get started with Taskmaster. And then Taskmaster was just like nothing, you know, yeah. just kind of a nothing character. And the villain was kind of a nothing villain. And then you've got um, Natasha's like confusing relationships with the entire supporting cast yeah. and really like no dramatic tension there whatsoever. And then we're bouncing around from A to X to B, you know, to Z. And it's just like, yeah. And then it also, to cap it all off, it takes place at a point in the timeline where there's no intrigue. Right. um, Right. Whatsoever. Like at that point in the timeline. Um, This movie really should have came out after Civil War. Yes. It it really should have came out after Civil War. Even, I know the the post-credit scene, which I'll get your thoughts on here in a little bit, was placed it back into the phase four and i really like i I really loved the the post credit scene i thought it was very smart and a lot of fun but i think it would have been even more interesting if we led up into infinity war with black widow 
Um, yes. Or like Black Widow was somewhere in between probably Black Panther and uh, Thor Ragnarok. I think that would make more sense for it is somewhere in between those two. Um, and I just, right. I don't know. It, it really didn't, it really didn't fit because you knew obviously Black Widow was going to survive. You probably, you knew everybody was going to survive. The only person I was, I, I figured wouldn't survive and she actually did was uh, Melina. I thought, mm-hmm. I thought she would be the one that actually would go. Um, but no, they all four survived. So I don't know. It, you, there was no stakes to it. And I know that's like a, I know that's a, a trope that novel. people like to say is like, there are no stakes in the MCU. Well, half the universe disappeared. So I'm sure the stakes are pretty big most of the time, but. Right. Um, and I think there's also a difference between just like stakes between like life or death and dramatic right. tension. Because exactly. I think that Marvel can do dramatic tension. I think they've done a really good job with that. Um, okay, well, I shouldn't say a really good job. I think that several of their movies still retain dramatic tension without yep. having like life or death stakes in them. Yeah. Um, but Black Widow, I cannot say that about Black Widow. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, uh, what were your thoughts on the what were your thoughts on the uh, post credit scene? Because I know that was so that was supposed to be uh, what's her name um, Dreyfus. Uh, um, uh, Valentina. Valentina, yeah, the actor. I forget what the actress's name is. She's from Seinfeld. Oh, um, Julia, but Julia, Julia Drive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, she. That, I think that was supposed to be her first appearance. Uh, pre-pandemic was supposed to be here in this spot. Um, okay. so it, it was really cool though seeing like the Disney Plus show crossing over with Falcon and the Winter Soldier into Black Widow. That was really cool. Yeah. Um, but what did you think of the post-credit scene, and what do you think it sets up for the future of Phase Four and Phase Five? Well, that was my favorite part of the movie because I, it proved that I was right. Um, okay. So I really enjoyed it for that fact. <laughs> um, no, but you remember that, you know, years ago, we were talking about the Thunderbolts yep. alongside the Young Avengers. Like we yep. were talking about those and how those could both pan out. And they are literally both panning out like right now in front of our eyes. And it's like, yes, how many are right. I'm pretty sure we have like an entire Young Avengers team already. If I remember correctly, pretty much. Yeah, you have you have Billy and Tommy. Yeah, uh, you have you have Isaiah Bradley's Isaiah grandson. Bradley's grandson. You have um, Kate Bishop. I think they're going to put Miss Marvel in the Young Avengers too. Miss Marvel, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who else. There, there's there's somebody else. Kid Loki. Kid Loki. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised in She-Hulk if we don't get Amadeus Cho at some point. Right. Um, I think that that's almost a given. So you have that, and then with the and Thunderbolts, have, uh, I mean, Lang. yeah, you have Kat, I forgot about her. You have her as well, and then on Thunderbolts, you have Yelena. You have um, Ghost. Prop more than likely, Ghost will probably I'm be in good. there. Taskmaster will probably be in there. Um, and a U.S. Agent. U.S. Agent is definitely in there. And um, maybe Abomination if he's yeah, going back with, to Shang Chi. So. Yeah, that's that blew my mind in the trailer which is hilarious because that it's is... been like 13 years yeah since we've seen that guy yeah because at first when i watched the trailer i was like oh that looked like abomination and then i rolled back a little bit and i was like oh that that is abomination you know what else Weird. about that scene in the trailer you know oh, who the guy uh, that he's fighting is wong yeah okay yeah yeah i was just like that's got to be just some like random sorcerer <laughs> but no it's actually wong like how about that Oh my gosh! Which means probably more than likely, Abomination is confirmed for Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness because everybody's in that movie at this point. Yeah. Because um, after Loki, the series, it's been rumored and heavily, almost confirmed, basically that Loki is going to be in the Doctor Strange movie as well. Wow. So cool. yeah, there's going to be a full cast in that movie. So I, I don't know what to expect now with that film. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, you're totally right. The we are it's basically a lock for the Young Avengers and some form of Thunderbolts or Dark Avengers, something like that. Um, yeah. Oh, Baron Zemo could more than likely end up in there as well. Baron Zemo, yeah, he's a classic Thunderbolts member. Yeah, so I would not be surprised by that at all. So I, I think that's one of the most exciting things is is seeing that plus what takes place in the Loki Disney Plus show is setting up phase four and phase five to be i think better i'm not i'm, I'm not gonna say but i think it's gonna be better than the thanos run and I, i'm very excited for wow. it wow i'm yeah. very excited for it i'm i'm very excited for it so um all right we're gonna move on to talk about uh the what if trailer that came out two weeks ago mm-hmm. um very interesting i love the the animation style of it i think it's it's definitely disney all over it and i i love it um right. what what do you think we're gonna get from it um, what do you think the implications are for if there are any? Um, we obviously know that most of the returning cast came back to voice except for Chris Evans and uh, Robert Downey Jr. They didn't do their voicing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. So I don't I don't know what, what who's doing it there. But um, what do you think the implications are for the show? Are you excited for the show? What do you think is going to happen? Things like that. I honestly hope there are no implications. Um, I, I hope that this is a project that is like outside of continuity entirely, which I think it is because it's animated, but you never know with them. Like <laughs> it, it could be like something folding into, oh, now the universe, you know, yeah. now that we've got the multiverse, maybe this animation is folding into the multiverse and whatever. Um, but yeah, so... I, I don't really foresee any like implications of it, but I think that having this project outside of regular continuity on a completely different like artistic medium is so cool. Yeah. Um, like it, all of the all of the episode ideas that they have so far look so dope, um, and the fact that they are really selling it by bringing back like all of the traditional yeah. cast to be the voice cast that's incredible yeah um uh so what are the what are the episodes i know we have what if killmonger saved tony stark mm -hmm. we have what if uh peggy carter became captain britain captain captain carter captain carter um what if t'challa was star lord that's the one that one looks exciting most excited for um when i heard when i heard chadwick boseman's voice though i got instantly sad because it it brought all that back and we're not going to be able to see him again as black panther but it's kind of cool that this is his last you know hurrah doing something like this i think that's pretty cool um we also have something with gamora wielding thanos's uh sword i don't know i I don't know if you saw that or not okay um there's one of them we also have some mashup of vision and ultron together with the infinity gauntlet okay um i'm trying to think what the other ones there was one with spider-man spider-man is going to be in it i think i don't know what his role is there's a doctor strange one as well um right i can't remember what all of them were there there's a there's an entire list i think they're doing eight seven or it's either seven or eight um of it but i'm not entirely sure but all i know is yeah, that i it looks tried really to look good. up what the episodes were but i couldn't find it <laughs> uh that's fine um jeffrey wright as the watcher is perfect casting once again uh, yeah. I absolutely love that as well. So um, I am very excited for this show. I am I am thrilled for it. I am looking forward to it. Um, it's definitely, after all the other Disney Plus shows we've had, it's a different style, which is nice, but it's going to be really good because so far 
while they haven't always ended well, the Disney Plus shows as a whole have been fantastic MCU stuff. Yes, um, and I am just excited in general for them to be doing something completely unique. Yeah. Um, because I love, you know, a lot of what they've done so far, but I would really like to see them continue to branch out and try new uh, project projects and take new directions. Yeah. So I think that this is really cool. Oh, direction yeah. to take i always loved um just the idea of the what if comic books um yeah. i loved reading those and checking those out that was for something that like immediately caught my attention <laughs> like as opposed to like a regular comic book if it's a what if comic book then i'm like oh man this is super cool <laughs> um and so taking that and applying it to the the vast amount of uh lore that they've built up in the movies over the past several years um is awesome yeah Totally so it's going to be a lot of fun to, to jump into that all right well uh the thing that we're definitely here to talk about the most and that is the loki season finale we're going to talk about the entire show as a whole what we thought um definitely the show that i was the disney plus show that i wasn't necessarily the most looking forward to i was looking forward to it but it wasn't uh like one of the top top shows for me um but it completely exceeded all my expectations for the show um, I think it was almost a perfect 10 across the board for me. Uh, I absolutely loved it. It's the only Disney Plus season finale MCU show that didn't disappoint, which was very nice. Um, what were your thoughts overall? Uh, I know you are a, I'll, I'll point this, I'll bring this up. I know you are a music guy, a score guy. I absolutely loved the score for the show. Um, I thought it was absolutely perfect, but what did you think of it all overall? I agree. I agree. I, I think it blew my expectations out of the water. This was not the one out of the yeah. first three that I thought was going to be the best because I'm like, I like Loki. I really like Tom Hiddleston, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know if what they're going to be doing with him is as interesting as the other two shows. Right. Little did I know it was way <laughs> more interesting than what they were doing in the other two shows. Yeah. Um, but music, I guess I'll touch on that really quickly before we get into other stuff. Um, I kind of actually really dug it. Um, yeah. It's not like, you know, like incredible, like top tier television score, in my opinion, or anything. But I think it had um, that central theme and it stuck to it and it did a good mm-hmm. job. And I think that is like really the best that you can ask for from a Marvel project is having a good theme and like applying it in different ways and keeping it interesting. Um, but that's something that I actually really do like about Mm -hmm. Marvel scores is that they have like kind of the heroic theme um, or the theme attached to the main character. And then they stick with that theme. Right. um, Even into like other projects sometimes. Yeah. 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 I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, What do you think of the, the style overall of the show? And um, was there anything that really stuck out to you about it? Stuck out to you about the acting, anything like that? What stuck out to you the most about this, this show as a whole? I think the style that they went for inside of the TVA was awesome. (laughs) Um, What a cool idea. Yeah. Um, But they, you know, going with kind of like the, the eighties style, just kind of like extending on into infinity um, was super cool. uh, And kind of like all the classic themed technology. I don't think it felt (laughs) like particularly hokey or out of place or anything like that. I thought it was really cool. Um. So I, I think that visually, the way that they presented this show was, again, I think way better than mm-hmm. the other two Disney Plus shows, which I still think are both good. But yeah. 
this is, you know, I think visually this one was just kind of in a league of its own. It was. And uh, the main problem for most MCU properties, when you get to that third or final act of that season finale, the, the CGI for things kind of start to fall apart a little bit. Um, we kind of saw yeah. that in one division. We kind of saw that a little bit in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We definitely saw a lot of it in Black Widow. Uh, that last Skyfall fight scene was rubber, all rubber, I think, for the most part. <laughs> it looked, I mean, it was all rubber, but you can definitely tell it was all rubber. Um, right. But, uh, for the VFX for this, for the graphics for this, for the CGI for this, I was extremely impressed. Oh, yeah. Um, the Sacred Timeline, the Citadel, um, Miss Minutes, I mean, all of it was was done perfect. Um, yeah. The at first when I first saw the timekeepers, I was like they look really weird. And then when I found out they're robots, I was like, okay, it makes sense why they look weird. Like it fits. Yeah. It, it's not just bad effects. It was on purpose. Not on like purpose. Chuck e. Cheese. Oh wait a minute, they are Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, <laughs> I felt like I was at Five Nights at Freddy's or something, and then right. <laughs> it <laughs> ended up working out. Um, so. We're going to jump into all things here. We're going to talk about a lot of things. We're going to talk about the future of the MCU, what this means for a lot of it. And you can't really start anywhere else without talking about Jonathan freaking Major showing up in the show. Um, he was not I knew it. He was not King in this episode. He was he who remains, a.k.a. Immortus, really. Um, he was dressed as Immortus. Um, I, so going into it, I was all the evidence was leading to it being uh, Kang. And yeah. I was expecting it to be Kang, but I also remember kind of being burned a little bit in one division at times. And so I was like, okay, are we actually going to go Kang? I thought personally, it may also be a classic Loki um, as being the he who remains or whatever. And I thought that would have been fine as well. But when yeah. Kang showed up, when Jonathan major showed up, I just absolutely lost it. <laughs> I absolutely lost it. Um, what did you yeah. think of his performance, and what do you think we're going to get with Kang for the re for the future of the MCU? I think he's awesome. Mm -hmm. I think he's really cool. Um, I'm wondering how different this performance is going to be from his performance as other versions right. of the same character. Right. Because I didn't have a problem with it, but I'm just wondering what the difference is going to be there, because obviously he's playing a very different uh he's not playing a conqueror particularly right, right. in this uh in this episode so but i loved it um i you know i i was the same way i thought all signs were pointing to kang which they really were you know yeah. ultimately but um i am so excited so i'll I, I guess i'll say one thing right off the bat is that this show has implications and that's awesome Yep. Um, not that the other two shows didn't have any implications whatsoever, but this show has like implications. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, like this is like earth shattering. Yeah. Um, things that are going to extend into all of the movies and shows. It, um, the only thing I can really for like years. place it to is like when uh, we saw the first Infinity Stone, I think. Um, in the first, yeah. in, the, in phase one. This is what this moment felt like for me because it was like, this show is not just setting up like Loki season two. It's not setting up Doctor Strange. It's not even really setting up Ant Man Quantum Media. It's setting up the future of the MCU. Like it's it's changing everything. I would say this is almost more like Thanos at the end of Age of Ultron. Probably, and he's yeah. just like, fine, I'll do it myself. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, he's here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he's gonna do it. Like, uh, 
and then that extended for the next like five years right basically um so this is like huge but also this is something that's built off of the back of such a solid show yeah in every department um i mean tom hiddleston's performance was the best that we've ever seen him (laughs) totally he he was fantastic loki had character progression yeah that's so cool um and you know we kind of got to walk down that road with loki with this character that we're super familiar with but we got to see him in a completely completely different setting yeah um than he's ever been in before and then I thought Sylvie was awesome. I thought that was a great casting. I think her character made perfect sense. Um, I thought Owen Wilson as Agent Mobius I loved was like it. so funny. Yeah. Um, the only my so only cool. complaint my only complaint is that we didn't get to see him on a jet ski. That's my only complaint is that we didn't yeah. get to see Mobius on a jet ski. Yeah. Honestly, the show sucks. Honestly, throw it all away. <laughs> <laughs> No, but yeah, that's got to be like a season two. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I I fully agree. I think Tom. I think this was by far Tom Hiddleston's best performance as Loki. Yeah. Um, and I, I I kept myself like I kept forgetting my like to myself like this isn't the Loki that we saw progress throughout the MCU. This is the Loki from right after the Battle of New York in the first Avengers movie. Yes. So like he's not the one that you know, went through Thor the Dark World. He's not the one that went through Ragnarok. He's not the one that went through a whole bunch of other stuff. Like, he he is the guy that just tried to take over Earth with Thanos to show up here to figure out, like, all of this has changed. Everything has changed. Um, I also have been seeing a lot of people say that Sylvie had her Star-Lord moment by killing uh, Immortus. I actually fully blame the Hulk, for, uh, the Hulk for this because if he didn't, hate stairs then we wouldn't be here in the first place so that's true see everything <laughs> see if tony stark wouldn't have built the freaking arc reactor then exactly. we wouldn't have gotten in this situation in the exactly. first place exactly. yeah <laughs> but no, I, I i fully love it what do you think so obviously the next big mcu thing that we're all waiting for is well i don't want to say the next big thing because i'm spider-man far spider-man no way home just got even more interesting now after after this show um yeah. it's basically almost a lock now that we're more than likely going to see toby Maguire, andrew garfield um maybe i don't know if we'll see both of them we may see one of them we may see none of them i don't i don't really know but we're going to see definitely some crossovers from those universes into the show right. or into the movie for sure um but other than that like the doctor strange and the multitude of uh, multiverse of madness is going to be all over the place and crazy and wild um, and I think with the timeline being messed up as it is now m- branching into multiverses, I'm going to ask you this question and I think it would be very smart if they did it, but they have to do it the right way. Is this how we're going to get some X-Men into the universe from the Fox franchise that they want? Not all of them. And I don't think it's going to be the main ones like Wolverine is, is this how we're going to get guys like Deadpool into the MCU? Do you think that's how this is going to happen? Um, if so, who do you think they would bring over from the Fox franchise into the MCU? Things like that. I think that depends on. So I'd say yes, probably. I think that depends on how many years they want to extend this conflict and the right. implications of this conflict. But right. 
with the fact that we know that Ant-Man and the Wasp is based, you know, the next Ant-Man is based around this conflict and the next mm-hmm. Ant-Man doesn't come out until the end of next year. Yeah. I think obviously they want this conflict to stick around for quite a while. Um, so I think, I think totally. Yes. Um, if not at the very least, you know, cameos from Fox characters before they start ushering in like their own. Right. Uh, versions of those characters. I I really at this point don't see any way that Hugh Jackman doesn't show up for Marvel. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, unless they hate him and he hates them, <laughs> then I don't think there's any way that he doesn't show up. My only concern with that is I don't think he's in it for the long run. No. Yeah. And I, I think if that. I think if he showed up as Wolverine in the MCU, whoever gets cast as the actual Wolverine in the MCU will suffer for it. That's true. Um, to yeah. a lot of people. So I I would love it if they kind of did what they did with Evan Peters and brought Hugh Jackman in as somebody completely different than Wolverine. Um yeah. I don't I, I think that would get a lot of hate and that would be a bold move. <laughs> that would be a very bold move. Depending on what they cast him as. Um yes. I think that would be really cool. And it could be one of those of like he could be uh Hugh Jackman, it could be uh Wolverine from another multiverse coming in, and it could be like a passing of the torch to the other wolverine they may do something like that but i think they have to handle specifically wolverine very carefully um do you think we get the same magneto do you think we get um who played him i forget his name now um the younger one uh michael Um, fassbender you think we'll get michael fassbender's magneto do you think we get um i blanked on his name too um uh james mcavoy yeah james mcavoy do you think we get his professor charles xavier um i hope we don't get jennifer lawrence's mystique (laughs) but do you think we get guys like that or do you think do you think that they'll cast their own what do you think they're going to do with those i don't see why they recast them um Mm. honestly uh unless they have like a really good idea um which if they do then i have full faith in them because that is literally the best thing that marvel does is cast. yep um but I don't see why, because I think that you have two really good actors. Mm-hmm. Um, again, unless Marvel hates them and they hate Marvel, <laughs> then I don't, you know, I don't really see why not. Right. Because um, I think they're great. I think yeah. they do really well together. I think Days of Future Past was so good. Mm-hmm. So, so good. So I, I think you can carry him over. Um. So I think. I think obviously we're going to get Deadpool because he already had his first kind of MCU crossover. I don't know if you saw that or not with uh, Taika Waititi's Korg. That was amazing. I absolutely love that. Um, So I think it's basically given that Deadpool will be in the MCU from here on out. Yeah. Um, And I I think obviously that's a very brilliant choice for for that role as well. Um, Do you think, and I hope not, but do you think we get anything from the fantastic four fox franchise no nothing, <laughs> nothing. i think everybody knows that was a failure okay um, good <laughs> i <laughs> yeah i i definitely don't think that that i mean i will say i would not be surprised by a cameo from like the old fantastic four probably not the new one just because that was such a absolute train wreck 
yeah. but the old Fantastic Four, I wouldn't be surprised if we got like a cameo, like kind of in the vein of Tobey Maguire or Hugh Jackman or something like that. Yeah, but would Chris Evans do that? He would not. <laughs> <laughs> I would count him out of that. He so it'd be like, "Where's human? Where, where, where's Johnny at?" And they're just like, "Uh, all, he's somewhere else." The only else. time Chris Evans shows up in the MCU ever again is to come <laughs> back and cameo as the Human Torch. <laughs> Oh man, you thought the Hugh Jackman thing was bad. That would probably go over even worse. <laughs> if oh man, that's um, the only thing he ever does. <laughs> yeah, I fully agree. Now we're gonna go on the other side of the spectrum to your favorite character of all time. Is this how we actually get Venom in the MCU as well? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and Morbius. I mean, I thought uh, I thought Venom was already confirmed for Spider Man. He might be. I haven't. I haven't actually seen. It. I can look. Probably, real quick, I mean, but... I think every anyone and everyone was confirmed for <laughs> yeah. Spider Man. Yeah, pretty much. Because um, his movie's supposed to come out in Morbius. Is that movie even still coming out? Mm-hmm. I think so. I think it got pushed back again, but I think it is supposed to supposed to come out um, end of this year, early next year. Yeah. Okay. I think so. Something like that. I, I have. I that, think I that don't if. Know, but... Even if Venom isn't in Spider-Man this year, um, I think that if they are continuing their contract with Sony and they're going to keep Spider-Man in Marvel somehow, then Sony is going to force Venom yeah. into Spider-Man. So, which if they give do do? if they give Kevin Foggy and Marvel full control, um, then I think yeah, it'll, it could be, it'll okay. be it'll be fine. Um, it's just when Sony starts to meddle in things is when it starts to get a little shaky and out of control. So that's that's my only concern is if they try to if they try to force things, and that that would be the only thing that kind of scares me. But um, right. but see, this is the, like this is the best thing about this episode of Loki is that we are talking about so much other stuff now in the MCU. Like I remember beforehand when we talked about this, it was like, well, this could happen, but we don't we haven't really seen any evidence of the multiverse yet. Um, in a lot of ways, and now it's a full-fledged multiverse, and it's 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 handled so well. Um, it makes me kind of wonder if in the end credit or the post-credit scene of WandaVision, when she heard Billy and Tommy, if that was the exact moment that the multiverse split, um, and she heard mm-hmm. them from a different dimension or something. Um, and see, there's there's a whole bunch of like crazy theories and things now that can come out. So it was it was really cool how they handled this entire thing. Um, yeah. We obviously know we're getting a Loki season two. What do you think? What do you think takes place there? How do you think they handle it? Um, what do you think the the purpose or the plot is of season two? What do you think we go? I think, uh, I think that we're definitely continuing the story of Loki and Sylvie mm-hmm. uh, working together. Um, I, I don't know because having Kang in the show um is like kind of a really big deal and so i don't know if they kind of remove it from the fact that kang is now like you know omnipresent and like everywhere or if he's like super integrated into the show and it's like two loki's like standing off against the next thanos basically um i don't know i i think we're more than likely going to get to season two before ant-man quantumania Oh yeah, I um, so. and I think it's going to lead directly into that, more than likely. Um, but still, like I, I think the main purpose of the show is probably Loki going out to find Sylvie, um, 
I I don't know though. Like you said, the bringing Kang into it has really flipped the show on its side in a lot of ways. Of yeah, and and the way they handled it because one of my big concerns about bringing someone like Kang is is like if you bring him in, then the focus of the show named after your main character is no longer on your main character, but it's after this guy. Um, but I think the way they handled it, they handled it really well, um, of making it still be about the main character about being Loki about being Sylvie. Um, but I think that gets more difficult the more you show Kang in the show as well. Um, yeah. So I don't know how they're going to handle that as well. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I, I think that in this first season, they did such a good job about what is happening, even though what is happening is super important and huge. <laughs> it does not overshadow the journey that Loki went on during this show yeah, or the journey that Sylvie went on during this show. I think right. the two main characters are still the two main characters. And that's a problem with WandaVision and with Falcon and Winter Soldier that I think that Loki did a better job on all yeah. around is that Loki is still allowed to have the show be about him. Mm-hmm. Even though the things that are happening in Loki are like actually like way more important than the things happening in the other shows. Right. You know? Right. It's, it's really cool how they did yeah. it. Um, I lost my train of thought. I don't oh, so one of the things I really, really enjoyed about the beginning of this episode was the opening shot of going through the timeline and showing different pin, like points of history, but showing different points of the MCU as well. Right. Um, I thought that was done really well. Um, I freaked out actually when I heard the song at the beginning that was played at the end of Endgame. I was very surprised to hear that right at the beginning of loki and yeah. it kind of threw me off but i think that was a, a brilliant choice as well um was there any was there any issues that you had with the show or any issues that you had with the season finale um did you have any problems with it as well i honestly like cannot think of an issue that i had with it <laughs> i'm just like so happy with how the entire show um turned out from start to finish i think that Every episode had something to bring, um, and every episode was so solid, like by itself. And then the season finale was like a big, like, finale, and it really, yeah. like, you know, brought it home. Uh, Absolutely. So I don't know. I I really can't think of anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't think of anything either. I I absolutely loved every single second of it. Um, so we always do this. I know you have your your ranking list, which I we have to update because oh, there yeah. are four new things. So we'll we'll jump into we'll talk about that afterwards. Um, yeah. But out of how would you rank the three Disney Plus shows from your least fa- not least favorite, but well least favorite, even though they're all amazing, uh, yeah. from your least favorite to your favorite, how how would you rank them? So after sitting on it for a while, I would put Falcon at the bottom. Okay, um, and I still think it's good. Um, I think that it has the most like apparent issues throughout the entire show. Right. Um, I think it has a lot of really good things about it. Um, I think Falcon himself is probably the best part about it, but I think out of the three, I think it's overall probably the weakest. Mm -hmm. Um, WandaVision, I would put second. I think that WandaVision started out spectacular. (laughs) Started out so strong. It started out, if it would have, if it would have ended as well as it started, it would have been one of the best things Marvel's ever done. Yeah. Um, but then it ended and it was just kind of like, okay. Yeah. Um, so I still think WandaVision, like, fantastic. It probably goes in, like, my top tier mm-hmm. or 
the high 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 tier of marvel product um but you know the ending kind of threw it off a little bit Loki, i would say is maybe you know a top five marvel project ever wow definitely top 10 yeah um but i was blown away Wow, that's right. maybe I go back on that later. I tend to do that quite a bit. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Loki is very high in my yeah. Book, for I, sure. I I fully agree with your ranking. I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier was. I mean, it was still really good, like you said, but I think it was the weaker of the three. Um, Falcon was definitely the best part of the show. Baron Zemo was the best part that uh, was really good in that show as well. Like there mm-hmm. there was a lot of good moments in that show, but it was it definitely fell off a little bit. Um, one division, like you said, the first five episodes were amazing. Probably the first six episodes were amazing, and then the la- I think there were because there were eight episodes altogether, weren't there? Um, yeah. So I think the first five and a half or six and a half episodes were really good, and then the last episode and a half kind of fell off a little bit as well. Um, but it, to me, one division is still a top ten MCU property for me. I absolutely loved it, and then like you said, Loki was just almost perfect tens all across the board um i absolutely i loved every second of it It, it it's it's one of the best things marvel has ever done like you said and it was yeah it's it's such a good stepping off point for the rest of the mcu as well um and so i think it's it's definitely going to be a high market for right now i think it's going to stay that way for for a very long time as well so you know what my number one is number one coming up number one disney plus show uh hawkeye moon knight moon knight thank you yeah but also hawkeye i'm very yeah. excited for hawkeye well i'm but i'm more excited for hawkeye true. now because of the that's in true. credit scene in, in black widow that was a nice but i do agree that's moon knight true. has been moon knight is like the top of my list now because it's something i've wanted for forever <laughs> if these three shows are as good as they are oh my gosh moon knight is gonna be so good i'm yep. so excited that's going to be I'm amazing. So if Moon Knight is as good as Loki, I don't need anything else. I'm just <laughs> kidding. But in a sense, I don't need anything else. That sounds uh, awesome. Yeah, Moon Knight's going to be more than amazing. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to She-Hulk. I think it's going to be a lot of fun because um, yeah. it came out a couple weeks ago or last week that um, she'll be breaking the fourth wall in the show, which is something her character has done in the comics for a long time as well. So that's going to be... Right. It's going to be great. Um, the Secret Invasion Disney Plus show is the one that I'm kind of iffy on because that's an mm. angle that I'm not always the biggest fan of. Like, I'm excited for it, but it's kind of a cop-out in some ways as well. So you have to kind of be careful with it. But I'm glad it's a, it's a show and not an entire movie. I think that was smart yeah. for that. I don't think I heard who the uh, main characters of that are. Uh, I don't know if they're. I don't know if they have come out with all of them. Okay. Um, but I can look real quick to see who was confirmed. I do um, remember Armor it. Wars. Um, Rose yeah. is the main character of Armor Wars. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't be totally shocked if Sam Wilson doesn't show up in that show either. Mm-hmm. Um, since he showed up in in that. Um, let me see here. Then I remember as well, uh, Ironheart was one of those. Yeah, ones. Ironheart will. So apparently the cast for Secret Invasion is going to include um, Samuel L. Jackson, 
Ben Middles Ben Middleston, which makes sense. Um, yeah. Kingsley Ben Adir, Killian Scott, Olivia Coleman, Emily Clark, and Christopher McDonald. So wow. Yeah, so it sounds like they're they're doing pretty well with it. <laughs> sounds like a, sounds like it's going to be a I lot wonder, of fun. Actually, I wonder if the end credit scene of Captain Marvel was setting up part of Secret Invasion. It might be. It might actually be. Yeah, because I didn't know that Nick Fury was going to be the uh, like the main character or a central character of that. But that's interesting. right. So I think that might have been what that was setting up. So yeah, cool. that, I think that's going to be really good. Plus, I wouldn't be totally shocked if we see some other um, characters come in. Probably some side. I wouldn't necessarily say main Avengers. I don't know if like Captain Marvel would be in it or not. But right, um, I don't. But I don't know how you do that show without including her, either, because of her relationship with scrolls. I, I don't know how you don't have her in the show as well. Um, yeah. So I, I don't really know what's going on there, especially since more than likely Monica Rambeau will show up in that show as well, because um, of the end credit scene of One Division. So, but that's one of those that is kind of iffy for me. But I, I think it's going to be really great. Anything with Samuel Jackson in it is going to is already doing better than most other shows. <laughs> that's yeah. that's a good plus for yeah, me. That's true. Um, before we before we wrap it up, before we we call it a podcast, I actually do want to get your thoughts on um, some of the other MCU properties that we have coming out this year that we have seen trailers for. Um, yeah. We are still waiting for that Spider-Way No Way Home trailer because that's going to blow everybody's mind when that thing comes out. Yes. Um, and the Hawkeye trailer, which I'm expecting both of those trailers really soon because Hawkeye comes out in the fall of this year. Um, yeah, it does. So it, it, they kind of have to do something with it pretty soon. Yeah. Um, so, But we do have two trailers that, for other movies. We have um, Shang-Chi. And the and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which is coming out in September, um, right. we also have the Eternals, which is coming out in November, and then we have Spider-Man: No Way Home coming out in December. Um, but we have trailers for the Eternals and, and Shang Chi. Out of those two movies, um, or from both those movies, what do you think of it so far? What do you what are you expecting from both films? Are you looking forward to them? Um, what do you, what do you think of them so far? So for Shang Chi, I'll say that the action. Um, is probably my favorite part of it so far. And mm -hmm. just the way that the action is shot is so like unmarvel. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, not necessarily in a, in a good or a bad way. Well, I mean, it is in a good way. Yeah. You know, not to say that Marvel doesn't do it in a good way, but it is in a good way. <laughs> right. Um, so I, I really like um, a lot of the like unique camera angles that they're using um, for shooting the action. And things like that, I, I really enjoy the fact that a lot of the action looks grounded, um, and hopefully mm -hmm. it'll stay that way, instead of just being like kind of ridiculous, like, you know, right. what they regularly do. Right. Um, so I am, I am really excited for that movie overall. I think it's going to be a really solid origin story. For Eternals, um, I am definitely excited for again just kind of like big cosmic implications and that's yeah. pretty much what i've said ever since the movie was announced was like man they can do a lot uh with characters like the eternals like those are definitely like the most cosmic oriented characters that they've worked with so far right uh so i think that'll be a lot of fun uh i think it looks really cool i think the ensemble cast uh looks like a lot of fun together and yeah. probably uh, Dane Whitman 
um, shoot, uh, John something. No, that's not his actual name. The guy from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, uh, not John yeah. Snow. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> um, uh, 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 Kit Harrington. Yeah, Kit Harrington. Kit Harrington yeah. That's probably my number one character that I'm excited for. Yeah. Eternals. I think that'll be really cool. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think Shang-Chi and the Eternals are going to be two completely different movies than anything we've seen from the MCU. Um, and I, I think the weirder, the better at this point, because we are accustomed now to not expecting the most normal things from Marvel. Um, yeah, after Black Widow and Loki, yeah, the weirder, the better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, especially since like they have such a good track record with like the Guardians movies, they're completely yes. different than anything. They've been fantastic. WandaVision was by far one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in my life, and it worked. Loki had its moments of, of being weird. Uh, Ragnarok. Rag Thor Ragnarok, um, yeah. Infinity War. I think there was a yeah. lot of like cool, like weird stuff in Infinity War, and I honestly think that's like the best movie they've ever done. So Yeah. So yeah. I, I I think at this point the weirder the better and Yes. Um I think the more they embrace the full comic book without making it feel hokey, they they're really good at doing that. So I think it's gonna it's gonna work out really well. Yeah, um, they've never they've never had okay, Ant Man and the Wasp, actually that's a lie. But yeah. they have never had really a movie where they don't go full comic book mm -hmm. and it uh no, that's not what I'm trying to say. They've never had a movie where they go full comic book and it feels hokey. Right. Um, I as mean, opposed to, you know, like Iron Fist or Inhumans or like all of these <laughs> other like literally Marvel things or yeah. literally 90% of DC properties, you know, yeah. they go comic book and it just like does not, it just doesn't work. It doesn't feel right. right. Um, I mean, you gotta think at the end of Loki, the final shot we see is King and the King of the Conqueror full suit, the statue of him in the full suit, and it it doesn't feel different. Like it doesn't feel unnormal, which is weird yeah. because we've seen a big purple guy with space stones and it made sense as well. So I think anything in the world right now would make sense in the MCU. Um yeah. one more thing I'm gonna bring up before we call it the podcast because we are a little over two weeks away, three weeks away maybe, from the release of the Suicide Squad directed by James Gunn. Mm. Um, are you going to go see it? And if you are, are you excited about it? Because I have, from the premiere, I've heard nothing but amazing things about this movie. So well, are you excited for it? Are you going to go see it? What are your thoughts on it? That uh, totally snuck up on me, actually. I didn't know it was coming out <laughs> so soon. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to go see it. Um, from the moment that it was announced, I was like, this is going to be awesome. So uh, yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to get back on after yeah. that because... Yeah. I am. I'm definitely glad to hear that people are enjoying it, and I would expect nothing less because I think James Gunn is awesome, <laughs> and I think pretty much every movie that you know, both of the yeah. Guardians movies are just stellar. So, yeah, I'm I, really excited for it. It's one of those I think they're going to embrace the comic book style of it, and it's going to be weird and amazing at the same time. So I'm I'm very much excited for that. Yeah. Um. All right, anything else you want to add before we, we wrap up the podcast? Oh, we really appreciate you being on, man. Is there anything you wanted yeah. to bring up again? No, I mean, those were those were kind of the three big things um, that I wanted to talk about, but I'm happy to be on, as yeah, always. Man. It's nice oh, yeah. when we can align our both very difficult <laughs> schedules. So, yeah, definitely, it's been a lot definitely. of fun. Well, we'll definitely have you on again to talk about 
uh, Suicide Squad, anything else that breaks loose. I'm sure when the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer comes out, we'll definitely have you on to talk about how yeah, insane yeah. that movie is going to be about. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll definitely have you on again. But once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in and joining us. This is The Shandy Show. My name is Andy York. You can follow me on Twitter, if I can get this thing to work. You can follow me on Twitter at I'm Andy York. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at The Shandy Show. You can definitely check us out there. Um, go check us out. Go check me out over on the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast as well. You can go follow them on all social media platforms as well as YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Music, all the places you find us as well. Uh, go check them out. Give this video a like. Comment down below. Subscribe. Do all of that fun stuff. If you want the audio version of this podcast, you can find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Music, Anchor, Google Play. We're all over the place. So you can definitely go check us out there as well. Um, give us a follow. Like this video. Do all of that fun stuff. We really appreciate you tuning in. Jason, thank you once again for, for joining us and, and running through all of this with us really quick. We appreciate it. Um, but make sure you tune in next time as we are going to talk about whatever breaks loose next week. Um, but once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in and we'll catch you guys in the next video.